Hey, this is Dan. Stay tuned until the end to listen to a promo from our friends over at the Time to Die podcast. It's a new campaign they're running. The entire party is 30-foot giants, and all the music is custom-made by one of the players. It's awesome. Hello, dear listener, and welcome to Little Realms, a D&D actual play podcast. I'm your host and Game Master, Candice, and I'm joined by... I'm Sarah, and I play Vim, the windswept warrior with a debt to pay. I'm Dan, and I play Osiris Sassafras, the sassy fungal druid. I'm Nikki, and I play Jarell Goldenheel, the excitable elven scientist. And I'm Adam, and I play Arden, the deeply concerned half-elven ranger. And last time on Little Realms... I put on my magic hat, changed my appearance to that of Mirandin, leader of the Neighborhood Watch, and tried to have a conversation with Landon about the very important work being done by the Watch. He seemed pretty dubious about my, I, I mean, um, about Land, I mean, Mirandin's proposal, but he did suggest that myself, Mirandin, Landon, and Arendelle get together for a more formal meeting about the watch. I'm going to consider this a win for now and a problem to solve later. Tired of being dragged around by whippersnappers, I went and had a good old chat with Judy. It was a, it was a good one. She talked to me about Bullvine, about Cord, how to gain his favor. She told me about love, and how that's the most important thing. Oh, and I asked her about sticky things. Having gotten Cyrus settled, I dragged, I mean brought Arden along to do some shopping for lab materials and discuss this whole tree situation. I think this creature, the old wild, could be really dangerous and that we should warn the city, but Arden's convinced it would be counterproductive. Marin is messing around with things that she ought not with the old wild, and it's putting the town and perhaps even the world in danger. The time has come to confront her about it and find out exactly what she's doing and how she's doing it. Also, after far too much dithering, Jarell is coming with me. The camera is gonna zoom back into the window of Journey's End. It's been a few minutes since Judy and Cyrus had their hug and finally Cyrus has sort of calm down. When Judy feels your shoulders stop shaking, feels a a good tear stain on her shirt, she pulls away and then takes both of her hands and squishes your cheeks between them Uh. and says, Remember, dear, we hardly realize what we have until it's gone. So... Remember, Bullvine. But continue to love with everything you can, and I'm certain God will reward you. I have to sort of go back to work now. And she gives you another hug. What's up in Cyrus's head? A little bit of hope. A whole lot of doubt. Happy that he spoke to Judy. But still sad that he's alive. <laughs> I thought you were all mine today. today. I thought so too, too, Please explain for me. me. <laughs> <laughs> Nods his head as to say thanks. Judy gives you a nod in return, and then like pats your cheeks a couple times, and heads out the door. Vim, you are idling outside of Journey's End, 
doing whatever Bims do when you see Judy leave. She did that thing where you walk in forward, you have an interaction that happened, and then you just back out and mm-hmm. you try to pretend that that didn't happen. So she's just been standing on the other side of that window, just like nodding her head going, yeah. Yeah, I know that. Oof, Judy. Um, mm-hmm. Just for a couple minutes as she tries to get that image out of her head, she probably says hello to one of the children as they run by, like, Oh, Jubal, thanks. Hi, thanks for. Oh, hey, thanks. I, I feel like I don't say thanks for taking care of, sweet honey, often enough, so. Thanks, and oh, here's a... I recently came into some coins, so here's... Here's another gold, and make sure to buy yourself and sweet honey something nice with it. Oh, why thank you. And he's got this, like, it looks pretty handmade, like homemade straw hat, and he tips it at you. Aww. So sweet. <laughs> the head's on. And I think Bim's just, she's idling for a bit. She's thinking that she, she has a few things that she wants to do over the course of the day, but the main one is she wants to give Landon time to write her, but not really her, to write Mirandin, the head of the neighborhood watch, a letter. But she figures that's not going to happen immediately. So she's she's kind of thinking, what is she going to do today? Judy walks out of Journey's End. Oh, hi, Vim. It's safe now. And Vim, like, wishes, she, like, makes the motion to made up, like, tipping the hat. <laughs> But she has no hat, so she just like nods and says, uh, th- "Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> Have a nice day." Mm-hmm. And Bim kind of uh, looks back through the window, and I think tries to to catch eyes with Cyrus, kind of see how he's doing. Are you in the in the building yet, or are you just like looking through a window? She's a very big, very red woman looking through no. right. <laughs> and glowing uh, golden eyes. Here, I'll roll a uh, perception just to, just to see if I roll a one. Everything else, I'm assuming I'll find you. All right, I got like a 14. Uh, I see a, a giant red blur in the periphery of my eye. I, uh, <clears throat> instead of like turning and making eye contact, Cyrus starts rubbing his eyes and then... Uh, <clears throat> Oh, it's, it's dusty in here, Yauchin. There's dust in my eye. Mm. It's not dusty in here. <laughs> <laughs> and I scream it obscenely loud so that uh, the Vim I notice can, can hear that. <laughs> Vim kind of cracks a smile and she squints through the window. Does she? Can she recognize that it's that it's tears he's wiping away, or does she think it's dusty? Mmm... Should I roll something? Roll deception and Vim roll insight. Vim gets a 17 on insight. I rolled an 18. Um, my deception is plus two. But like, I don't know. Like, how, how dumb is hey, Vim? You gotta go with the uh, dice. You're right. I gotta go with the fucking dice. Some, my ruse worked, apparently. <laughs> Vim probably for a second thinks that he's wiping a tear away, but then hears about the dust and she can't hear Yelchin's protest. (laughs) (laughs) No one ever hears Yelchin's protest. (laughs) And so she just kind of nods to herself, but she'll, she'll walk on in. It's safe now, right? Judy's not coming back. I mean, she's... Lovely, but she's not coming back, right? Uh, still feverishly kind of rubbing his eyes. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's safe now. Not ever. She's gone. And I think at this, maybe Vim can see. She can actually maybe see now the redness around his eyes. And you know what? There, there's a lot of dust in here, Cyrus. Why don't we go take a walk? It's it's a lovely day out, and I'd love to have some company on some errands. Uh, sure. Yeah, that's, that, that, that sounds like a good idea. Let's go for a walk. And then she leans down, 
about a foot, maybe a foot and a half. And she gets real close to one of his ears and she whispers, If we're lucky, there might even be some neighborhood watch business. Cyrus looks up, grinning like a kid. <laughs> I don't have a weapon with me, though. Uh, I never have a weapon on me. <laughs> oh, God. So and then she she winks and then says, Now keep it on the down low. People still have no idea the neighborhood watches us. Nodding my head furiously. You've got it. And then she'll get up and start leading them out of Journey's End, heading in the direction of the fresh duck. And as they're walking, she uh, she just leans into Cyrus, you know, kind of slinking a little bit. I am expecting for Landon to send a letter to the leader of the Neighborhood Watch. I can... I can fill you in on all the details in just a little bit, but what I'm hoping is that if we stay stationed at that cafe that's when that's with an eye shot of the military, we can like see when someone leaves letter in hand and we can we can pick it up the, the moment they deliver it. But aren't they delivering it to the leader of the neighborhood watch? Aren't they just gonna bring it to you? Well, okay, I might have... Well, okay. Scratching my head here. (laughs) Remember the lady I pretended to be? No. (laughs) You know what? I... I hardly do either. And I did get myself into a bit of a pickle. And now her name is Miranda. And she receives mail in a dumpster by where the tanner lives hold on hold on this vim this is complicated it makes no sense to me what's the chance that we'll see some action that's all i care about (laughs) i am hoping that we're gonna get some sick dumpster action all right i'm in let's go And she just nods and then continues like going toward the the fresh duck with the with the goal of kind of camping out for a little bit, getting drinks, maybe rubbing shoulders with the with the leader again now or with the manager now that they know who she is and waiting for someone who looks like they might have an important delivery. Cyrus is like looking down every alley as we walk, expecting there to be like bandits that jump us. He's just like constantly on guard. (laughs) Which he should be because he's still at like one hit point. No, no, no. I'm at 11. Oh, okay. Okay. There's been some slight healing. You're downright healthy. I mean, 11 out of 39. I'm, I'm, (laughs) I'm still pretty shitty. (laughs) Okay. Back at the university, Jarrell and Arden have arrived, arms laden with all sorts of devices, beakers, pumps and burners, flasks. Jarrell. Arden did not agree to help to help carry things. Jarrell definitely tried to get you to. <laughs> I don't know. I how think Arden that is was. like <laughs> just kind of walking alongside Jarrell, who is piled high with all of this stuff and he's just like huh looks like you're having a hard time there maybe you should get some assistance to help oh thank you Arden and they just start handing you things <laughs> uh, no I, I wasn't referring to me they've already hooked a bag on your arm <laughs> that's much better um, yes let's just quickly put these things down and then I imagine she would be either in her office or her lab Oh, no, the classroom's this way, though. (laughs) Okay. Is the door to that classroom open? It is open. Okay, so this is a classroom that Jarrell found the last time they came and poked around the building. Um, It sounded basically like what I'm imagining my high school bio classroom looked like. It does kind of look like that. Yeah, with, like, lab tables and some glassware and shelves and things. So they just kind of, like... As carefully as you can dump things, they dump everything on onto a table and just kind of, like, brush their hands off, like, all right. <laughs> it looks empty, like most of the rooms around here. 
Yes, um, I get the distinct impression that once there wasn't really funding in town, that the university was more or less abandoned, and Anne and Marin are uh, making unofficial use of the space. And here I got the impression that, well, not that it wasn't abandoned, but that they might be the last two remaining faculty. Perhaps. I I don't know that Anne is not really the uh, <laughs> professorial type. I seriously doubt she was faculty here at any point. Uh, I think she came here directly after retiring uh, to work on the mine project, and it sounded like Marin was working with her on that. Um, although I don't know Marin's credentials, it's entirely possible that she was um, some sort of faculty here. True. I can't imagine her successfully teaching anybody anything. It seems like she'd get annoyed rather quickly and give up. (laughs) University AU. Well, they don't necessarily hire faculty on the basis of teaching skills, but yes, I I can see you may have a point there. All right. They shut the door back behind them. Yeah, I think we're going to go look in Marin's office where we last had tea with her and see if she's there. Okay. So you're going to the office first. Are you just going to like Barge in. All and barge in. Or was there a light? Is there a light on? There is a light on. So as you're in the hallway, uh, going towards that office, there is a light on in the office. I think Jarrell would knock. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Arden will knock. He's not going to just open the door. I mean, who knows what Marin could be doing in there? Okay. So as you approach the door, you hear like a muffled one-sided conversation coming from the other side of the door. You can't make out words unless you want to like creep and listen to it because what you're hearing is like I mean Jarrell's gonna like definitely like lean in closer and try to hear through the door. Okay. Go ahead and roll uh, perception. Rolling at disadvantage. Hmm. I am still on a level of exhaustion. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Ten. Okay. And is Arden just going to knock? No, no, no. Arden gets a gets a look on his face, and he takes a step back and waits for a couple of seconds. Mm-hmm. And then once he thinks a suitable amount of time has passed, or or he can tell that Jarell is frustrated and not hearing particularly well through the door, he'll say slightly louder than absolutely necessary, Ah, Jarell, uh, what are you doing here? You piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Jarell shoots you the dirtiest look. <laughs> so the way, what, what happens here is, Jarell, you're straining your ear to hear through the door, but all you're able to get are, are disjointed words. You get, uh, no, fine, rework, process, time, talk soon. And it's at that point that Arden says, Jarrell, what are you doing here? <laughs> oh, God, you little snot. <laughs> he was trying specifically to say that loudly enough that Marin would hear it, by the way. And then Jarrell, listening through the door, you hear a, a like a thunk onto a wooden desk, and then quiet. I was just getting my lab set up, Arden, and thought I'd call on Marin. What are you doing here? Well, I was going to come by and have a bit of a chat with Marin as well. Uh, that being said, if you'll excuse me, now Arden will knock at the door. Jarrell all elbows you hard in the side when you do that. Well, do come in, why don't you? You hear from the other side of the door. (laughs) Arden will open the door and walk in and try to see if he can determine what Marin was doing when they arrived. You both open the door, go in, and you see Marin in the process of, like, taking away a hand from her face that was very obviously pinching the bridge of her nose. Marin, are you all right? Never better. Uh, what can I do for you today? Well, nothing. I just came by to to call. I went, did some shopping and was setting up my lab and thought I'd swing in since I was in the building. Um, And then I ran into Arden here. And they turn and give you a semi-accusing look. <laughs> yes, I had some rather more uh, pressing matters to ask you about. 
Um, hmm, how to put it? Well, what are you doing? You're going to have to be more specific because right now I am sitting at my desk and that is what I am doing. Oh, you know what I'm talking about. What are you doing and with the whatever it is you're extracting and how? I've figured out the where, I think. But the other two, I must admit, elude me. And seeing as we all nearly died today as a result of it, I'd quite like to know. You all nearly died? Well, no, I'm I'm more or less fine, but he pats (laughs) Jarell on the back. Jarell just, like, is giving up and, like, pitching the bridge of their nose. (laughs) And have you met Cyrus? He he certainly was not in the greatest of shape. He turned into a frog. She is looking at the both of you, and her eyebrows are furrowed. And you think that nearly dying in the forest has to do with me? Relatively certain. That is quite an accusation you are making there, Arden. Well, it's not so much an accusation. After all, I I don't really... I'm not saying you attempted to kill us or anything of the sort. I'm saying that the thing that you're extracting that energy from attempted to kill us. And I would somewhat like to know how you're extracting it. You see, at first I thought that you were taking power from the Feywild, but that doesn't actually seem to be the case. And so, allow me my curiosity and stop beating around the bush and being overly logical and just answer the question. Her eyebrows unfurrow and she squints her eyes and then she leans back in her chair, opens her eyes all the way, looks up at Arden, Jarrell, and sighs. <sighs> well, I guess that this is what I get for asking overly clever individuals to help me with this project. Have you possibly reconsidered, Jarrell? <laughs> Sorry, I need a minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you mean regarding your um, request for assistance, I think I, um, although um, I think maybe his way of getting things across may be a little muddled, I think um, I agree to some point with Arden in that I'm at least a little concerned that perhaps your methodology has affected some unintended side effects, um, which we had actually encountered prior um, and have just recently um, come to realize they may be connected somehow to um, your extraction process. Um, And so we were wondering if you could clarify the details of of how that is so that we could um, confirm or negate um, whether or not that's the case. What Jarrell means to say is that you know I'm no sort of researcher and I'm unlikely to steal your methodology for my own profit, so you may as well just come clean and tell us things. Actually, that's not what I meant to say, but that is also true. Oh, well, it is what I meant to say. As you're talking, there is a smile playing at the corners of her mouth, and she says, But you see... I could show you the answers that you're seeking much better than I could tell you. Perhaps, but a diagram is much less likely to attack you. Then you don't make the fun kind of diagrams. (laughs) It's true. I had the same... I had the same comment about trees. Trees, they're very deadly in the wrong circumstance. I have come to realize that. Um. (laughs) Okay, but you still won't help me, and you come in here demanding answers. I know you, Arden, aren't going to steal my research. Jarrell, I don't think your research is the same as my research. I still don't hear a good reason to tell you anything. 
other than mere curiosity, which in my experience does not actually exist. Jarrell looks kind of confused by her by her statement. Well, I mean, if you if you're doing work that is having unintended collateral damage um, to the town, I would think that would be something you would be interested in exploring. I'm not doing anything that has collateral damage to the town. But how do you know? I've been powering the town. And she kind of sits halfway forward in her chair for a second and puts her hands on the desk, leans forward, and then sort of realizes what she's she's getting worked up and then sits back down. Right, but... You know, it does seem like there's a possibility, at least. You know, I, I wouldn't say we have a great deal of hard evidence, but I think we have a great deal of circumstantial evidence that drawing on this this tree, as you said, seems to be um, maybe stirring up energies or some sort of creature. They're, they're kind of looking at Arden almost for help. Like, they're not sure how to characterize the old wild almost still. Um, we, we attempted to, to, to communicate with it without a great deal of success, but it, it, it does seem like this thing that you've been working with might be connected to this creature that's been attacking people in the forest. And um, Yeah, Arden just kind of has his arms crossed and is waiting for Jarell to finish. Why are you looking at me like that? Aaron... Your research has made something angry, something stronger than you, stronger than me. Its influence is growing. Soon its influence will probably overtake the town. And while I am not 100% sure it is the result of whatever you are doing, there is not a great deal of difference between 99% certainty and 100% certainty. And in any case, if you would just be a little more open about this, we could talk it out and... and figure out whether there's some sort of discrepancy. She rolls her eyes between Arden and Jarell, and back to Arden. Go ahead and roll a persuasion, like a combined persuasion. Um, oh yeah, Arden is not great at the whole persuasion thing. I mean, Arden, Arden might not be great at persuasion, but apparently the look on his face is saying something because I got a 20 overall. I got okay. a 12. Yeah, I didn't do so great. Jarrell looks tired and cranky and is not very convincing at all. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, Arden isn't trying particularly hard to persuade her. This is more a strong arming than a persuasion. I guess strong arming is sort of persuasion. Yeah, you could roll intimidation if you wanted, but I think it would be the same. Oh no, it's the exact same result. Okay. Marin stands up from the desk. I was actually on my way out of the office for the day. So, if there is a specific question I can answer for you, I will do that. Otherwise, come back when you are ready to see the answer to your questions. I have one then. Where is the circle on the other side? Which circle? The spell circle you're using to keep the uh, creature place, whatever it is, manifested so that you can extract things from it. That would be in the old wild itself. And she moves to like shoulder past and between the two of you. Jarell doesn't move. Marin, wait. I I know it's always difficult to hear this, um, but but maybe, don't you think you should at least consider hearing Arden out if if this might be having an adverse effect on the town overall, especially if that's getting worse, potentially. I mean, you know, maybe there are other safety protocols you can put in place or other ways you might go about this that, that don't pose such a risk or that, you know, maybe we could communicate with the creature itself and figure out some sort of solution. So did Jarrell like, not move enough that she can't step past them? Yeah, they're, like, they're not, like, deliberately shouldering her, but they're, like, I'm not going to let you shoulder me out of the way. Okay. So Marin takes the step, tries to shoulder Jarrell out of the way, realizes that they're not moving, takes a step back again, and says, If you're so worried about this town, rest assured that I do not intend to 
directly harm this place. Your intentions are irrelevant if the collateral is happening anyway. And you're not being very open to listening to the fact that there might be risks. And then I have another question. If your circle were broken on the other side, say cut or partially damaged, and somebody were to step through whatever transportation method you have, what would happen? Still seeing that neither of you are budging, she takes another step back, plants her feet, crosses her arms, and then furrows her brows at Arden. You did ask for specific questions. Well, here is a specific answer. You get to the Old Wild through the spell circle in my lab. You get out of the Old Wild through the teleportation circle inside of it. There is no getting in or out otherwise. If you break that link, no one is leaving. Does that answer your question? Yes, it does. And I don't think I have any further ones at this time. And Arden will step out. So it is perfectly safe as long as you use the methods that I have proven tried and true. And she. Oh, actually, one last thing as you're leaving. Uh, When was the last time you went? The other day, probably. That's fairly unspecific. (laughs) She steps past you. Holds the door open to her office and then looks like pointedly at each of you and then at the hallway beyond. Oh, of course. Arden will leave the office. Jarrell slowly follows Arden, but is kind of looking at Marin like, what the hell? Marin is stone-faced, closes the office door, locks it, and then pockets the key and then goes the opposite direction down the hallway. Arden looks to Jarrell, waits for Marin to be out of earshot. And says, well, I think that perhaps half of our problems would be solved if we just let her go over there. Jarell is kind of looking disturbed um, and staring after her. I think she's either in denial or doesn't care. Oh, it's almost certainly the latter. Or both. I suppose it could be both. They're kind of like biting the end of their finger, like they're not sure what to do. And kind of like looking between Arden and the lab door and then like down the hall. Yes, well, shall we see what everybody else is up to? I'm sure Cyrus is still wrapped up where we left him. Well, we do have his sword. Do you think... Do you think we should talk to M? Or someone about this? What? Why would we... I thought we went over that. Though, you said you were going to talk to N either way, and I didn't particularly say I was going to stop you, but... Do you really think it will... They're, they look back at Arden and are look kind of wringing their hands a little bit. Do you really think that the circle in your dream, are you certain that it's the same one that goes where she wants? I mean... Well, of course not. I mean, it was a dream. It could have just been a... I was not, as far as I know, transported out of my bed or anything. It could have merely been a metaphor or a representation of the circle. Or it could have been the actual circle. If uh, if we find out that Marin left and actually came back, then we'll know for sure which it was. But what if she finds four other people and sends them over in her death pods instead? Well, hopefully she'd go with. Well, she didn't plan to when she asked us. That is true. I suppose that would be unfortunate. So if you want to turn her into the guard and see if they will do anything about it, uh, feel free to do that as well, I suppose. They're kind of frowning at you now. Like, how how is it that you were so convinced that you had to do something about about this whole business at, at the forefront, but now that you that now that you know that she doesn't care whether or not it's hurting anyone, suddenly you don't care anymore? Oh no, I do care. I just think that she'll self-destruct here fairly shortly. 
I mean, what would you have me do? Attack her? Like, waylay her in an alleyway to make sure it's all wrapped up for certain? Well, no, of course not. I unfortunately don't have enough information to do more right now. So right now, what I think is the best course of action is to wait and see if she blows herself up. It will give us more information at the very least. Trail looks very upset by this suggestion, but also seems like they don't have any other, like, suggestions either. Well, um, I suppose I'll just have to confer with Anne as soon as I can, and maybe she has some ideas. She's known Marin much longer. Maybe she can dissuade her. Well, um, yes, you feel free to do that. I will, I suppose, consult the books more, though I don't know what I expect to find there. And perhaps take a little bit more of a look around at night when there aren't so many people to notice. Like another <clears throat> heist? No, it's only a heist if you intend to take something. Oh, interesting. I have to remember that, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do think in any case we should go back and check on Cyrus. Um, hopefully he's feeling a little better by now. How are Cyrus and Vim doing? They are seated at a table at the Fresh Dock. It's the best one for viewing kind of a, if I remember correctly, it's kind of across the square from where the military. It is. Yes. I want to say barracks, but it's, it's not just the barracks. It's also the office. So it's the best seat for watching it. And Vim is kind of watching for two things. The first is Landon moving around. She's just trying to see if she notices him around or going to any of the office. And she's kind of like trying her best to strain her eyes. Mm-hmm. And then she's also waiting to see if anyone leaves the barracks, either holding a package or a letter and starts walking in the general direction of the Tanner's district where her special dumpster is. <laughs> so... As you are sitting there at the fresh duck, our very important question, are you making bread balls? Or is that a Jarrell thing? Jarrell makes the bread balls. (laughs) Jarrell makes the bread balls. How many fancy drinks have you ordered? Three. Three. And Vim has ordered a a croissant and she's she's leaning into Cyrus. Now I think Jarrell peels the top and the bottom off of it in order to make the bread ball. Um, how is yours going? <laughs> Cyrus is dipping his bread ball into his stank tea. That's what he ordered last time. Well, when it's mushy and wet, it's a lot easier to roll. It crumbles less. <laughs> it's like arts and crafts with, <laughs> with Vim and Cyrus. <laughs> you know, I do think you made the right choice in selecting the bagel. The croissant just seems to be falling apart when I try to ball it together. As you are sitting there, over the course of about an hour, uh, you do land and return to the, his office, which is over there. Um, he does... Are you sitting on the porch? So he does, like, see you and Cyrus gives you a, you know, a nod and a wave and continues on as it looks like you are both engaged in you know conversation and he goes into the office and the first person that like comes out of the office is henry is off on an errand but it's not a letter he's holding like a crate in his arms and he goes off in a direction should we follow him and attack him no 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 we remember task at hand we've got to wait for the for the letter Maybe later, though. Okay. Another soldier that you don't recognize steps out of the office, and for a split second, you think he's got the letter because he's, like, messing with something in his hands. But when he turns around, he unrolls it, and it's this big old long scroll, and he, like, makes a face at it and then turns towards the armory and shouts at a couple other people. Come help me with this. (laughs) And then a few minutes later, as the ball conversation is going on, you see Jakota exit the building and he is holding something small and folded in one of his hands. 
gives it a very perplexed look, puts it in his like satchel, and then heads off towards Market Square. And then does he duck off in the right direction? Yes, he does duck off in the correct direction. Oh, oh, Cyrus, I think, I think that Chakota is once again our man. I think, I think that's it. We, okay, let's finish making our bread things. Maybe try another kind of bread, see if we can do better. No. Mission at hand here. Let's forget about this task. It's impossible. Only Jarrell can do it. <laughs> Jarell does make a mean bread thing. Okay, you're right. This was ridiculous. And then she popped like three little bread things into her mouth. Like all of her previous attempts and they've all like kind of started to apart. They've clearly been sitting here for a while. <laughs> out of empty cups and there's a lot of bread just like all over the table. <laughs> you're the you're the person that leaves the cafe with like their pastry crumbs all over the table. <laughs> They, like, bring over the little, like, push vacuum just any time she gets up and leaves. It's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> okay, Cyrus, let's go. I can't talk with my I can't do it. You turn southern. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, you're right, Cyrus. No, no more bread things, but maybe... Okay, but I do want to get a pastry to go so we can bring it to Jarrell because I know how much they love making them. Well... Come on, we're gonna lose him. Oh, I guess you're right. But we, okay, we need to keep a comfortable distance because he can't know it's us. Remember, I specifically gave him this address so that they wouldn't know it was me, even though... All right, all right, all right. And I grab your hand and I follow. You are behind Chakota who is like strolling leisurely through the city and he's like whistling super loudly <laughs> and every third person like looks over at him uh, but he is not being subtle oh, at sweet all. boy like, all right we we should follow at a distance and the moment he puts the letter in in the place we'll go and snag it what about the trash adventures you were talking about uh, the trash action if i recall oh no the trash can is my mailbox huh. <laughs> cyrus just scratches his head okay this this is what the neighborhood watch is all about i was expecting something more exciting as you are having this conversation, you see Chakota walk up to the tanner. It's like an open front stall. And he goes, I'm going to put something in your dumpster for someone else. I know that's really weird, but the sergeant told me to do it. So don't accidentally throw it out, please. And the tanner scratches the back of their head. <laughs> And shrugs. What an idiot. And just like points towards the alley love, next to his house. I love fucking Chakota trying to be like, I guess this is my job. <laughs> and you see Chakota round the corner. And a couple seconds later, round the corner again. Hands back in pockets, satchel over his shoulder, whistling the tune. There goes the muscles of Mithrin. Oh, deliverer of letters. All right, let's go. That's that's the important neighborhood watch cords we came to get. Cyrus goes. You duck behind the alley. And there, sitting atop the layer of detritus in the dumpster, is a folded piece of paper that has the name Mirandin in quotes written on it. Oh, <laughs> Bim picks it up kisses it, and then hands it to Cyrus. Hey, that was in the garbage. Why'd you kiss that? <laughs> this is a letter to the head of the Neighborhood Watch from the leader of the military, our very own Sergeant Landon. And what's in this letter is he's going to officially sanction the Neighborhood Watch. And, <laughs> and this is going to set up a meeting where he's going to do that. Wait, Dan question here. Did you actually read it or are you just looking no. at the cover? Okay. No, Vim's no. making this shit up. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess Cyrus will echo Dan's thoughts. Well, what does it say? 
I I don't know yet. Do you want to do the honors or should I? It's it's your. I understand about ten percent of the words coming out of your mouth. Why don't you read this? All right. Let's. (laughs) Okay. And then Vim will open it and then begin to read it aloud. Just so I'm clear, are you out of disguise? Just like seconds after Dakota went out of sight, like went by the tanner and plucked this out, and are reading it right by the dumpster. Yes. Excellent. Excellent, thank you. Dakota did not seem to notice either of you. This is this like, is why Arden isn't a member of the neighborhood watch. You are too. Yes, he is. I think he didn't when, sign anything. Be because Jarrell is such a worry wart, and that's like Vim is like, oh yeah, let's be disguises, let's do it. I don't think Jarrell knows that you plan to do this whole thing in disguises. Neither did Vim. (laughs) (laughs) I would love for Landon to show up with like a fake mustache on and be like, I'm his brother, Mandon. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, that's amazing. Um, Okay. So Vim like cracks her knuckles. She kisses better again. She's like, all right, ready, Cyrus? I'm ready. All right. Mirandin, let us meet tomorrow afternoon at the breakfast taco stand. Signed, M. Wait, hold on. Why did he put Mirandin in quotes? Oh, oh no. I, okay. Um, Cyrus, do, do those, do those look like quotes around the word Mirandin? Cyrus squints. Uh, yes. And Vim, like... She she just looks at this and she's like staring daggers at this piece of paper. I didn't think. Okay, I was pretty sure that he knows that I'm Mirandin. But how? How dare he? And then like kind of she she starts to crumple it up in her hands. Okay, fine. Tomorrow afternoon, he's just he's just building up the suspense. That's when he's going to officially sanction the neighborhood witch. Right? I don't know <laughs> what's going on. Listen, should we go shake down Henry? I think if we run now, we can catch him. <laughs> well, I think maybe... Do we know where Henry lives? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Maybe we do pranks on his house later. This was, oh, and she she like crumples it up even harder, and then she tosses it. Well, that did not go how I was hoping. Vim, this was quite a disappointing day. Is there? Can we do some more traditional neighborhood watch things? Can we watch the neighborhood, perhaps? Maybe s- sleuth down alleys, or run across rooftops and. Catch thieves in the act. That does sound like a better way to spend the day. Oh, you know what? This letter didn't go so well for me, but I'm I'm remembering now. I I sent some mail out earlier in the week, and and maybe I've gotten a response back. Why don't Why don't we sleuth our way over to the post office? Maybe Maybe that one will go a little bit better for me. Cyrus wags his finger in the air. Whoopee. <laughs> More mail. <laughs> Lead the way. No, maybe if we're lucky, we'll catch a like a, a thief or a, or a bandit, like you said. Oh boy, just unconvinced. Just like following at a slower pace this time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and Vim also looks a little bit disappointed. <laughs> so back at leaving the university. Are Jarrell and Arden parting ways at this point, or are you both going to talk to N? Well, oh, Jarrell wasn't going to go immediately. They were okay. like, you know, I'm going to go give, check on Cyrus. and Yeah, Arden was not going to go at all, but I think we were headed back towards the end to check on Cyrus and the others. Yeah. Because so- we've also, we're also carrying around a toy sword. 
Yeah, okay. they're kind of like Gerald is kind of like swinging it a little. Like they clearly don't know what they're doing, but they're just sort of sort of swinging it back and forth for fun, <laughs> as they think. <laughs> so you you do make your way back to Journey's End, and uh, both Cyrus and Vim are gone, or not there. Oh. Well, that was unexpected. Maybe he went to go rest. Yelchin, did did Cyrus go up to take a nap? The no, he left with uh, Vim. Uh, what? How did he move? He had a great gaping hole in his belly. You let him go? And we wrapped him all up nice and tight, too, even his mouth. I'm not his babysitter. <laughs> That's true. We were and we left. Jill's kind of complaining and under their breath about not having enough cousins around. <laughs> <laughs> and he seemed pretty okay. Uh, he was a little troubled after his conversation with Judy, but I didn't cry, obviously. Well, I hope he's alright. Yelchin, that snitch. <laughs> mm, I hope she didn't say anything mean to him. Oh, I doubt it. She doesn't seem tight. No, that's true. But, you know, offhanded comments and all of that, and she is definitely the offhanded comment type. Oh. Well, Yelchin, it uh, might be a little bit early for dinner, but serve me something up. It's been a long day, and I feel the need to eat something more coming right up. I think Jarrell's gonna, insofar as Jarrell actually crashes, they're gonna crash. They're maybe gonna, like, um, just check the sword in their room till Cyrus comes back. Um, and, like, read, like, shuffle through the letters and pick out any that were sent by their sister and read those and maybe meditate. So Jarrell is catching up on mail. They're getting, they're getting a long rest in. (laughs) Yeah. Finally. Excellent. Arden is eating dinner and enjoying life. Vim and Cyrus have arrived at the post office. The name's Vim. Got anything for me? I think I I think I should have something by now. Oh, it, it might be under Vim of the Mother Elephant. Yeah, actually, something did come for you. It's, you know, Simon speaking, and you have a key to your ye old P.O. box. And so you can go in there, get that out. And it's a uh, red envelope with a violet seal on it. And do you open it up there? Oh, for sure. She recognizes the seal immediately. Yeah, it is definitely Gaul's seal. All right. She looks over to Cyrus and waves the the letter at him. You gonna kiss that one too? Well, I was feeling pretty confident about the other one. Maybe if that letter had gone better, I'd want to kiss this one. And maybe in the past... Maybe before I got to Mithrin, if if I had gotten a letter from this person, I might have kissed it. I, I might have been excited, but this one actually, I don't know what's going to be in it. Vim, you're being awfully worrisome. You've been hanging out with Terrell too much. Just open the letter. <laughs> Vim can't help but brighten a little bit. She's been looking a little bit maybe heavier since holding this thing in her hand. And she just, oh, Cyrus, uh, may, maybe you're right. I, I am worrying a little bit too much. Let's take a peek. And she'll carefully unseal the wax seal so she doesn't damage the paper. And we'll open it up and read through what it says. So Van's eyes scan over the paper. It's a letter written in really beautiful, really elegant handwriting. The, I think the scrawl work is undeniably beautiful, but the words are a little bit troubling and her face sours as she reads it. Dearest Vim, you were never one to mince words, were you? I'm glad you were able to speak with him. I'm sure he told you a great many things. Oh, he does like to talk as much as I do. Whether or not you believe some, part, or all of what he said is up to you. 
Here's what I'll tell you. Indigo has done a great number of things for me. And I for him. Everything I have told you has been true. Even the lies. We've just told you different parts of the same story. And I will tell you that we are writing the same story. I'd hazard a guess that you will want to write it as well. Ask our friend why Nathfari had to die. Signed, Gaul. You read that out loud or did Vim read that to herself? I think Vim reads it in her head. She reads it over again. There's a, a moment where she scrunches her nose and puts the, the page kind of closer to her face as she's reading that last line over again. Ask our friend why Nefari had to die. And she looks at it again and then she kind of hands it over to Cyrus. He'll read it. He's not going to say anything. He's just going to look at Vim, seeing if uh, Vim will offer an explanation of any kind. Vim watches Cyrus read it, and she half starts a sentence, and then she looks up at the ceiling, and she rolls her eyes again. I think I have to. Ugh. Where do you think Indigo hangs out during this time of day? Hmm. Well, if I was a rat, I'd probably hang out in the sewers. Do you know an entrance? Maybe there's one nearby. Um, I don't, but I'm sure we can smell one if we keep walking. Maybe there's one at uh, Henry's house. We could... Poor <laughs> <laughs> Henry. Maybe, maybe break in and... And I don't know. Anything sounds more fun than tracking down Indigo. Can't be so hard. That grandiose bastard loves... Loves to be involved in everything. Well, Vim, normally I would be gung-ho for an adventure in the sewers. Maybe it's cowardice, or maybe it's just Judy's words that shook me up, but <clears throat> do you think perhaps we should wait until uh, we are better equipped and healed and all four of us are together before we go find Indigo? Before we leave this place, I think I still want to give Mithrin one final gift. But until then, and <laughs> until things change much, I honestly don't think Indigo would do anything to harm us. Or at least not directly, not by his own hand. He... He is a murderer, but I, I don't think, at least for now, he'd raise a hand against us. Well, fuck it. Let's do it then. I mean, Cyrus is not that hard to convince to go on an adventure, so... <laughs> and you know what? If things do go sideways, and let's say, like, something happens and we have to commit self-defense... We can Commit call it. <laughs> Commit <laughs> All right, let's do it. And I just start walking around and uh, just eyes peer to the ground looking for sewer, sewer grates, I guess. <laughs> oh, wait, no, Cyrus. I don't think he actually is in a sewer. Oh. Ah, fuck it. Let's go to the sewers. <laughs> Let's see, so I think once, when, when Cyrus agrees to it, Vim will, will nod, and she has, like, this renewed sense of purpose, and she's both dreading and very interested in the answer to this question, and, and she realized that during her, during her kind of one-on-one -on -one with Indigo, where they were at Lockheads, there was a moment where he wanted to keep saying something, he started talking about this favor, and, and he started talking about what he had done for Gaul. And Vim cut him off and refused to read a bunch of papers that he had handed over. 
and she's she's wondering now what was in those and what he was going to say. She doesn't regret what she did, but she is curious now. So Vim, Vim kind of, instead of crumpling, she wants to crush this piece of paper up in her hands, but she folds it up neatly. All right, Cyrus, I, uh, I think I, I know, remember where, remember where his office is? You remember the Roar Estate, right? Yeah, I, I remember that, that House of Lies, that <laughs> trickster's mansion. House of Lies is rather apt. We are... We're gonna go see if there might be a few truths in that House of Lies. It was a shot in the dark when I asked the Lady Sheena and her two cousins to join our search party for the little girl. The kidnapping. That's what they're talking about? They already sent out a party after the girl, but there's been no word of them. We set out on foot, as giants can make better time walking than with any carriage. We're not against giving help when help is required, but should I be unable to pull you up? What's the mountain's wishes? I didn't realize... My adventure with the cousins was just beginning. And they went in the direction of the other tied ribbons? They went the way the sun comes up. I was about to see the world, for better and for worse. Time to Die Podcast Network presents The Giant's March, an immersive actual play D&D campaign. Search for The Giant's March on your favorite podcatcher or visit Time to Die RPG. Dot com.